0: The Restless Heart Podcast, Episode 6.
1: Is There Life Before Marriage, Part 2.
0: Glory to Jesus Christ.
1: Glory forever.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to The Restless Heart Podcast, my name is David. And I'm Nessa. That's right. Nessa is back I'm this back. week. So last week I recorded a solo episode since Nessa and I couldn't get together. You
1: did well. Thank I'm you very, very much. proud of you. You sent
0: me a message saying I sounded lonely. Just a little. <laughs> and as I mentioned in the last episode, we had a little bit of a recording snafu the previous week. We had actually already recorded the Life Before Marriage Part 2 But unfortunately, GarageBand decided to eat all of Nessa's audio.
1: Great, nom-noms for the audio.
0: Yeah, so my part was fine, but you would have only got half the conversation. So Mm -hmm. today, we're going to have a second attempt at recording it, and this time actually publishing it. But before we get to that, Nessa, what have you been up to since we were last on air together?
1: Mm, Where to start? See, there was Catholic Night Peco Park, which was awesome because I saw some priests, I saw some Catholics, I saw... Some (laughs) not-so-Catholic.
0: For listeners who are outside of San Diego and America, this is baseball, which is basically a slightly less boring version of cricket. Oh, okay. (laughs) Please please continue.
1: And the reason why it's called Catholic Night at Beko Park is because it's supposed to be the Padres versus the Cardinals, but this game wasn't. It was the Padres versus the Washington something.
0: The the Nats? I
1: don't know.
0: The, The Washington Nationals. Clearly,
1: clearly this is a sport I know very well. (laughs) Um, And then I went to Mega Mass, which Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of people actually don't know what Mega Mass is. They thought that it was something Protestant. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's (laughs) (laughs) Catholic. I promise. Um, Where basically all the young adults flock for Mass, all the young adults from the San Diego Diocese. And then we just have a nice little heavy hors d'oeuvres with live music uh, with the bishop. And there were actually some seminarians there. One of them was in my JP class. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised to see him there. That was great, though, because I remember he told me that he felt calling to be a priest. And I'm like, all right, I'll pray for you. And then, like, whoa, there he is. But, like, um,
0: this is what happens mm. when Nessa prays for you. <laughs> uh, I've always loved Mega Mass. And I just love the idea of all the young adults coming together for a single mass. Because you might be at a parish where there's only a handful of people your age. But Mega Mass just reminds you that you are part of something much larger, that you're not alone.
1: Exactly. And there were parents there, which I was really happy to see,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with little ones, yeah. And then I helped Father Mahold with these his first young adult group at St. Anne's. Mm-hmm. So I didn't tell anyone that I wasn't a trad, so everyone thinks yeah. I am I'm not. Just, just <laughs> There's embrace There's so it. much I just don't know about Latin Mass. But I do appreciate the reverence and the
0: silence. Well, one of the upcoming episodes is we're going to do it on the Tridentine Mass, and I'm going to come to Mass with you, and we're going to talk about it afterwards.
1: All right. It's game on.
0: But of course, you're also going to come to Byzantine Liturgy and yes, yes, yes. see how things should I am done. curious. Mm-hmm.
1: I am. I'm going to like, bring, just like I did with Latin Mass, I'm going to bring in my homies, and we're going to check out your, <laughs> your bizrite, you know, Catholic peeps. So how was your weekend?
0: Since we last recorded a podcast episode, there was the Children of the Immaculate Heart fundraiser, yeah. and I got to meet the famous Deacon Fitzpatrick, Oh yeah, whom you had teased about taking too long to prepare his sermons. I know, I'm so sorry. He was really nice. You shouldn't have been mean to him. <laughs> I liked him a lot. You uh, should
1: pray for him. He and all the other seminarians are back in, and they're on a five-day silent retreat.
0: They should be praying for me, then. <laughs> they have far more time on their hands. <laughs> Uh, And I also had a meeting of The Eagle and Child, which is the C.S. Lewis reading group that I'm part of. We're working our way through Mere Christianity, and related to that, I've been preparing to start another podcast. I enjoy podcasting with you so much that I thought I need to do another one, (laughs) also called The Eagle and Child, and we're going to be working our way through Mere Christianity, and after that, other C.S. Lewis books.
1: Why is it called Eagle and Child? I'm like, visioning a child and an eagle, like half eagle, (laughs) half child. (laughs)
0: Uh, because it was the name of the pub that C.S. Lewis went to with J.R.R. Tolkien and the other Inklings. That was where they y- used to meet to and read oh. each other's work.
1: This is the hangout.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I've, and I've and I've visited it in Oxford, and I've had a pint and toasted their health.
1: Of course, you have.
0: Yeah, it was known to locals as the Burden Baby. The Burden Baby. And last night we were both at Our Lady of Mount Carmel.
1: Oh yeah, the aftermath. mass.
0: Mhm. And uh, our friend Juliana was giving her testimony uh, oh about God. her conversion from yes, Islam it was to Catholicism.
1: Oh, so awesome. You guys, wait, you recorded it.
0: I did. I I've sent I sent it to her this morning and I'm I'm leaving it an hour or two and more and then I'll send her a message suggesting to put it up on the website.
1: Yeah, I'm going to work on the photos I took yesterday. So guys it was so good this if you is great hear it when you, you right. when you
0: and I go to things we always end up working
1: it's I know wonderful. we're like someone's entourage yeah.
0: keeps us busy most <laughs> mostly out of trouble
1: yeah I second that
0: <laughs> <laughs> so on to today's topic when we were last together we were discussing a talk that I'd given at the Gretti group entitled is their life before marriage and we'd spoken about some of the misconceptions about marriage that it's not chiefly about just making you happy it's meant to make you holy it's meant to make you a saint get you to heaven and my main point was don't squander your single years
1: wait time out you said it's meant to make us holy mhm but most of the saints are in the religious life
0: many are well many canonized saints because it's not only canonized saints who are in heaven the canonization process is simply a recognition that this person led a life of great holiness and is now interceding for us in heaven.
1: All right, so how many married couples are in?
0: I don't know a specific count, but there are many. There's certainly more that lived a celibate life, but I think that's just because it's a little bit more obvious to us that this is somebody who is super holy. Although, quite frankly, I live with a married couple, and I think they're ready for canonization (laughs) right now. It's like, how many times did you have to get up last night? There's, there's, There's some heroic holiness. So back to the main point. It was don't squander your single years and instead use that time to invest in particular areas of your life. And last time when we met we spoke mainly about friendships. So invest in friendships with other single people but also married couples. And just after we recorded that I saw a line on Facebook that said stay close to people who feel like sunlight. Mm. So those, those are the people you want to be seeking out to be your friends, to be your advisors. People who are going to spur you on to holiness
1: yeah for me it's family even like adopted families in the church like we're not blood related but I'll call them my aunt and my uncle or my adopted grandparents and they know who they are Mm -hmm. if they're listening and I just I admire their love especially the old couple like we're in daily mass and they're holding hands it's so adorable (laughs) like you can tell they're uncomfortable like their hip can only stay in one spot (laughs) for so long but you can see the love is just still there as if it if they were 18 you know Then you also talked about saints being friends with one another, like one Mm -hmm. were like a set of roommates?
0: Yeah, St. Ignatius of Loyola and St. Francis Xavier, also in the early church, St. Basil and St. Gregory. And actually just this past week, I was listening to a talk from the Institute of Catholic Culture, and it mentioned the close friendship between St. Athanasius and St. Anthony of the Desert in the 4th century. It's not exactly rare that you find these saints coming in clusters in families and friendships.
1: In families?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, wait, today's the feast day of...
0: Well, it's St. Augustine's feast day, actually, today.
1: And so his mom, St. Monica, Monica, Mm yeah, they're related.
0: So that was the first area that I spoke about in the talk. But I spoke about three others, and two of them in a bit more detail. The first one was discernment. And the point that I was really trying to make was that everybody has a vocation in life comes from the word vocare, meaning to call. Everyone has a calling. And I do think that sometimes people just assume their vocation rather than actively discern it.
1: What are the different vocations?
0: We normally talk about vocations in terms of priesthood, celibate life, or married life. Of course, there are other callings that God might have for us within all of those. But broadly speaking, when most Catholics say vocation, that's what they're typically referring to. I mean, someone might be, have, have a vocation, say, be a teacher. But that's oh, a little different from being a vocation to the single life or a vocation to marriage. And like I said, I think a lot of people just assume that they're called to one vocation or another. Typically marriage. And statistically, that's likely. But I really wanted to make the point to the people that I was speaking to is actively discern your vocation. And I offered a number of different suggestions for things that you can do. So number one, get a spiritual director. I, I think every single Catholic should have a spiritual director. Now, obviously, that's impractical because there aren't enough priests. But I say, let's, let's, let's have that problem.
1: Wait, so how often should you meet with your spiritual director?
0: It's up to you. I've known people that will meet monthly. i know people that will meet weekly.
1: How long do they meet for?
0: Again, compl- like an hour? Com- completely varies. I would say an hour once a month is not unusual. But uh, some people it's more, some people it's less.
1: What do they talk about?
0: Pretty much everything. So when I go f- for spiritual direction, it's usually in a run-up to confession. So I got to spend a lot of time talking about my sins <laughs> and areas where I'm struggling. And then we go into confession and we we, we do some cleaning up.
1: Got it. My spiritual director is actually a married priest. He had to get... He was a convert and he had to get special permission from the Pope. Mm-hmm. And like his whole story on it, it just sounds crazy and impossible. And he's just like, this isn't gonna work. It, this isn't gonna happen. Like he felt the call. It was just amazing. And then just before JP two died, that was the last thing he approved was for him to be a priest. And everyone jokes that, oh, so you killed <laughs> him. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, but he's a really great spiritual director because he's able to give me advice when I was discerning, and then give me advice on the married life. Mm-hmm. And he knew a lot what I was well, going. Well, you're through still decide. Yeah,
0: one, exactly. of, one of the lines I'd say exactly. is, until you've got a ring on your finger, a habit on your back, or, well, in my case, a dog collar around my neck, you're still, oh, well. you're still discerning, at least to some degree.
1: Yeah.
0: And another thing that can really help with that is silence. Particularly time and adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Because if vocare means to call, that means it helps if you're listening.
1: So no phone, no Netflix, no texting.
0: To create that, that silence. It's like every now and again for for Lent, I'll give up music in the car. So it means I have silence while I'm there. And it's always a little unnerving to begin with, particularly if you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. But how else can you easily hear the voice of God unless you're creating a little bit of space to actually listen?
1: Go on a retreat, a silent retreat. Mm-hmm. That helps so much because then you tell your family and friends, hey, I will not be available from this time and so they won't get offended if you don't you know text back or email back and it's just time for you and god to just have some one-on-one time even if you're just like when i went on my silent retreat normally it's just like emotional mind vomit (laughs) in my holy hour and then then there's silence Mm -hmm. and then when there's silence then i'm listening and then like it's just a cycle repeats over and over because I'll like listen to God and I'm like okay hold up God we need to talk about this for a second you know
0: yeah it was very similar for me to when I was discerning the priesthood that was actually how I ended that period of discernment I did a, an Ignatian spiritual exercise retreat with the Miles Christi priests mm-hmm. and lastly I think that really helps is baggage <laughs> or at least it helps dealing with your baggage because everybody has it mm-hmm and you it's i think it's important it's good,
1: to address it
0: yeah get try and get rid of as much of it as you can before you're either dealing with another person or another major vocation in your life so i'd really encourage everyone to get some therapy and get some counseling and yeah. this was something that i've done at a couple of points in my life but for one period in my life in particular i went to counseling for a year and it was worth every penny just to have that time to work through issues that i had while i wasn't having to deal with another person in my life but how do you know if you
1: need counselling like how do you address how do you even know that you have a problem
0: well one I think everybody has problems so then we should all <laughs> seek counselling
1: is what you're saying yeah and we should just try I, it uh, even if we don't feel like we need it
0: and also just ask some of your close friends so the thing that sent me to counselling in the first place was actually a close friend of mine suggested it she said I think you've got some real issues with your dad that you need to go and spend some time dealing with him And this was somebody that I trusted. This feeds back into the first area, having these good friendships. She was somebody whose opinion I trusted and who I thought knew me well. And if she thought that I could probably do with some time to work on myself, then I probably did. Hmm. So those were three general suggestions. And I spoke a little bit about priestly discernment and marriage discernment. And they're basically the same sorts of suggestions. It's just one of them is tailored for priesthood, one of them is tailored for marriage. So, guys, if you're thinking you have a calling to the priesthood, spend time with seminarians, monks and nuns. We know the seminarians turn up to Mega Mass, so if nothing else, (laughs) come next year. Just see what their day-to-day life is like. Because I think if you haven't been around priests or monks a whole lot, you might have a very disjointed view of what you think their life is like. I remember as a kid, you were pretty sure that the only time father did anything was on Sunday. That was showtime. And then the rest of the week, week he was just sitting around watching TV. And that's obviously not the case. And the same thing, if you think you have a calling to the married life, spend time with married couples. I think people don't do this purposefully just because married couples have different priorities that they have to and and different things that they had to deal with in life. So... I think it's quite a common thing in the young adult community that once someone gets married, they sort of disappear. Yeah. Well, go and chase disappear them. Disappear with them. Yeah. Go and find out what married life is like. See what day-to-day life is like. and um, The kinds of things that they have to deal with, particularly when they become parents.
1: So ladies, if you just feel like a call or a tug to be a nun, or just, you're just curious about what their lifestyle is like, just, I recommend taking a dating fast mm-hmm. for at least a minimum a year to just think about it and then go on discernment retreats or go ahead and talk to what different orders that's all you to do is just make a visit that's it you're not signing any kind of waiver or contract <laughs> or anything because i know that's what the like,
0: door slams behind
1: everyone you. fears yeah like that's it my life's over you know <laughs> like no, no 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 you're just it's just research just like you would normally do research on a guy before, like, saying yes to dating him, you get to know his friends.
0: You, you do a Google search. Check I, his do, I do. I do
1: Facebook stuff. I do everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then married life. I do agree with you, David. Like, just making friends with those married couples.
0: Offer to babysit.
1: Offer to babysit.
0: They will invite you around. They will probably feed you as well.
1: But for me, it also <laughs> helped not only spending time with happy couples, but the unhappy couples as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got to know what you want in a man or in a woman.
0: But my argument is, I think it's far easier to spend time with unhappy couples. I mean, also, I I challenge people in the talk to think of TV shows where there are married couples who are happy. You pretty much have to go back to the Mm 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe even early 80s to get to shows where marriages look happy and vibrant. Generally, I would say in TVs and movies, married couples are unhappy. And if that's the only thing that you that you hear and see, if that's your only perception of marriage, you're going to think that as well. But if you get to spend time with a couple who clearly love each other and clearly serve each other and are clearly finding fulfillment in this vocation, that's that can help redress the balance.
1: Yeah, and if your parents didn't have the greatest marriage or give you the greatest childhood, that doesn't mean it has to be your fate. Mm-mm. You have a choice.
0: Mm. And just be aware of... What you see in good marriages, what you're actually looking for in a spouse, and I don't mean some ridiculous list of, you know, must be over six foot,
1: <laughs> must play the ukulele, must have blue eyes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, much more about what is it about this person? What is it about this couple? The, their dynamic, the fact that he is always willing to go and change that diaper. That's that's, that's a, romantic. That is okay? so romantic. <laughs>
1: Especially after a long day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Blue eyes can't compare. (laughs) So that was one big area. Discernment. Actively discern. Spend time with the priests, the monks, the singles, the married couples, whatever you think you're being drawn to. And the next major area that I looked at was virtue. To not waste your single years and instead develop your faith. Develop your prayer life, your interior life go on retreats, Bible studies, all these sorts of things. Because that stuff is going to be harder. Not impossible, but it's going to be harder once you're married and definitely once you're a parent. So work on your faith life, but particularly virtue. Because I think a lot of people think that the wedding ring is magic. That when you exchange rings at the altar, suddenly all of your faults disappear and you become the paragon of virtue.
1: Spoiler alert
0: doesn't happen. <laughs> virtue has to be developed over time. I gave the example of an Olympic sprinter. He might have a race that's under 15 seconds, but that's not the total time he has spent preparing for it. He has been preparing for that event for years beforehand. So in the same way as you're preparing for marriage, actually prepare, develop that virtue, become that, the, the person that your future spouse deserves
1: like performing a soliloquy or a monologue from Shakespeare, and you're not studying your lines.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> think, think that you can just quickly flick through it before you uh, mm. head out into the spotlight. Oh, no. I know.
1: So many people who have done that. Oh, epic fail.
0: <laughs> yes. in to be or not to be, that one's not to be. <laughs> and I particularly focused on the virtue of chastity. I was speaking to the Gretti group, so I had to mention this, but it is very important.
1: It is important, yeah, not I, just because of I, This I, is well, important in life.
0: I, there's no way I couldn't have mentioned it, especially because... I, I used
1: was, to work for the Goretti group, that's I, why. Yeah. I'm sorry, continue.
0: Thank you. So chastity is a virtue like any other virtue, like courage. What chastity allows you to do, it enables you to love rightly. And this is something you should start developing before you say, I do.
1: I have a post from Catholic Teen Post on uh, Instagram. It says, purity is not the elimination of sexual attraction, but the ordering of sexual attraction demanded by love, a.k.a. chastity.
0: Yeah, and actually I'm going to post a quotation on the blog on Wednesday. It's actually from Ravi Zacharias. I came across this today. He says, chivalry in love has nothing to do with sweetness of appearance. It has everything to do with the tenderness of heart determined to serve.
1: Drop the mic.
0: One of the things that I addressed was pornography. Ditch it. Whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, either way, it's not only toxic, but it's a terrible preparation for any vocation, whether you're called to marriage or whether you're called to priesthood. Because it basically teaches you pleasure without sacrifice. And to counteract that, I suggest fasting. Either from food, social media, or dare I say it, Netflix. <laughs> because this will teach you self mastery and sacrifice. It's not an especially popular topic, but I think it is absolutely essential. And I gave a couple of examples. E five men, if you're unfamiliar, the first Wednesday of every month, these guys will just take a bread and water fast for their vocation, for their wife, for their future wife, or for the church. I mean that's quite a quite a wedding present. That is Sweetheart, I've been hungry for you for years. <laughs> we master ourselves so we can give ourselves away. If I have my passions, if I have my, myself under control, then that means I can then give myself away. It's like a, a line that I've heard Jason Everett say a lot. He says, if you can't say no, what is your yes even worth?
1: Ooh, That's good.
0: This can also be a way of really forging... Brotherhood or or, or very close friendships. So I've known groups of men, just very small groups, like three or four together, and they agree that if one of them looks at porn, they'll just text the others just with a, a single word, SOS or something like that, and then there is an agreement that all of them will fast the next meal and spend the time praying for one another instead so that they have some accountability but also a very clear understanding that they are going to battle this With prayer and fasting.
1: See, I need friends like that, but girls, that's great.
0: Okay, so that was virtue and discernment. And the final area that I mentioned fairly briefly was service. And it's just an invitation to be generous with the life that God has given you. In particular, support the ministries of your local church. And in particular, if you see a gap, If you see a particular need that isn't being fulfilled, start that ministry. Go and talk with your priest and get to work. Because in preparation for that Goretti talk, I was thinking of all of the different ministries that had started in San Diego since I had left. And I'd say most of them were lay-led. It wasn't a a top-down decision to start a particular ministry. It was a young adult who saw a need and went to it. It's, it's one of my little soapbox topics because I often hear young adults complain that, oh, there's not much going on for us. If there's not much going on for you...
1: Get out. <laughs> get, out there get out there and do something. There's so much to do. Yes, there's no it, reason to say I'm
0: bored. Exactly. Yeah. Don't just look to be fed. Do some of the feeding yourself because this speaks very powerfully to the world of your love for Christ. But in the context of vocation it teaches you to die to self. It teaches you to offer your life for others, put other people before yourself. And so whether you're called to marriage or priesthood or monastic life, that's that's gonna stand you in good stead. And so really just to sum up the entire talk, it was don't wish away any stage of your life, be it your single years, be it your dating years, be it your marriage years, be it your parental years, be it your retirement, offer the time to God. And he will use it to make you a saint. And so invest your time wisely.
1: Even if it's a simple hello.
0: Even if it's a simple hello. That will do.
1: That's all he wants.
0: So, good talk. What are you up to this week?
1: The Goretti group. Mm-hmm. Who's speaking? I don't even know.
0: I don't know either. All I know is I'm, I'm getting St. Maria Goretti's relics.
1: Ooh, what are you going to do with them?
0: Put them in the chapel at home. I'm so that's, jealous. That's that's why you have a chapel at home.
1: Wait, you have a what?
0: No, it's, it's how No, no, no. I, no, no elaborate. It's, it's how I impress the ladies.
1: It's <laughs> news to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we have a spare room, so that's where our icons and statues and. Oh. The, the but you don't have Jesus animals. in there, do you? No.
1: Because you need. I believe you need mass well, once you, a you month. need
0: You need. You also need the tabernacle. From the yeah, that, that's well not that happening. Has. Well, but they're, tra- else.
1: they're trying to put a chapel at the refuge, mm-hmm. with um, the home that we're trying to open up for traffic minor girls. What are you up to this weekend?
0: Uh, aside from the Greta group, uh, on Saturday I'm taking a CPR class because my license or my whatever the thing is they give you that's expired.
1: What do you need it for? Is this another thing for like the ladies? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did I take your breath away? Oh, oh, no. I, I know. I know how to give it back.
1: <laughs> That's a good one. Horrible, begin. good.
0: Those are the only kinds of lines I do.
1: Oh, God. Actually,
0: one time we're going to have to do an episode on Catholic pickup lines. Horrible pickup lines. Because I've got some great ones. Well, I bet you do. Either uh,
1: in this country or the other.
0: <laughs> well, there's a reason I had to move to the States. So... Thank you all for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Write us a review on iTunes. And actually, before we go, we have had our first review on iTunes, which is terribly exciting.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Nessa, would you like to read it?
1: Yes, I do. All right. I've been a follower of David for a while on his blog and was excited to hear him talk about the faith because he has a way of making complicated things simple to understand and an accent that I adore. Oh, that's right. But of course. (laughs) (laughs) Nessa is a perfect companion and is oh so sweet. Oh, she says the things that I'm thinking and I'm glad someone is there to speak them aloud. Well, you're very welcome. They are the perfect companion to my morning walk and I'm eager to hear more we're part of your morning walk
0: Mm -hmm. isn't that lovely
1: yes it is
0: well thank you very much for that review Uh, other people you may also say nice things about us but seriously the more reviews you write or the higher star rating we get the more people can listen to us and hear about our Catholic thoughts on stuff
1: good to know okay reviews
0: And if you would like to get in contact us, you can shoot us a message from the website, RestlessPilgrim.net. You can tweet us at David and Nessa. And actually, we're going to give you a little bit of extra motivation to tweet us because there's a new book coming out from Jackie and Bobby Angel, a Catholic devotional for your marriage. And we're going to have a copy to give away. Oh, I want to read that. So if you would like to have the opportunity to win that, Please follow us on Twitter and tweet us a comment or a question. And we'll be drawing that in a a few weeks when the book is released. All right. Ready for the sign off? Yes. So today is the feast of St. Augustine. And as usual, we are going to end with his words. You made us for yourself, O Lord.
1: And our hearts will wander restless until we rest in you.
0: All you holy angels and saints.
1: Pray for us.